Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Cage, and you're listening to Concerts That Made Us.
Wes Cage, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely delighted to have you now. I'm looking forward to diving into your music and career over the next bit. Now, first and foremost, do you consider yourself an actor who plays music or a musician who acts? I consider myself a complete hybrid of the uh, <laughs> of the musician and actor caliber. Um, yeah, because they both they both emerged simultaneously for me when I was a child. Right, I get you. I get you. And you released the wolf at the end of October. It's a different sound for what you're known for. What what can you tell us about the track? Well, I definitely wanted to connect with the masses on a broader scale. Um, I wanted to make something that was radio friendly and something that could definitely, you know, find its way into concerts that are also um, uh, have a, a larger uh, amount of people there. See, I see. I suppose black metal, which what you're known for, isn't too radio friendly. There's not a lot, a lot of stations playing it. No, it's not. And and um, I made an album called the uh, Prehistoric Technology. Um, I did that, and I released that 2014, 2015, and that kind of showed the transition I made from black metal to more of a kind of almost like a new metal sound or active rock sound. And then um, now it's evolved into this. The Wolf, it's about the dichotomy of the higher and lower self. How did you kind of get into the mindset and find the inspiration for the track? Well, when I first started working with Keith, um, after my manager set up the uh, series of writing sessions, we started talking about symbolism and some spiritual concepts. Um, I think that uh, this definitely, you know, became a matter of higher and lower self, uh, especially when the when the when we started getting ready to do the music video, Vicente Cordero, uh, Cordero, the, the director, he um, he he definitely saw that the song was. Uh, about that and i thought that that would be a pretty excellent portion of mysticism to to bring to the world because it's uh it's one of the most understandable i think of all of it uh, some of the stuff gets really esoteric and complex but the higher and lower self dichotomy is is pretty understandable because i think everyone can relate to that instantly where we have days where we feel like we could be the president of planet Earth, and uh, then we have days where we feel like we're just not capable of anything. I like it. And you mentioned Keith. It's Keith Wallen from Breaking Benjamin. He co-wrote it with you. What impact did he have on the track? He did a lot. I mean, he um, he definitely he even pretty much chose the vocal register that... Um, the track is was was uh, sang sung and you know so he he did quite a bit um him and i were going back and forth with lyrics together and and uh, as soon as as soon as that chorus was 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 found i knew we had something amazing you definitely did now these days you're you're more of a dedicated family man than in your past how has that kind of affected the music you make do you think um, I think that it makes me more uh, 
practical with my music to to know that I'm a family man, and it also probably I think is a made my emotional capacity much wider and deeper. You know, it's it's made me uh, have a have a lot more depth to my emotions and um, also my concepts and, and awareness itself. I know for me, I have two daughters as well, and I know it completely changed my emotional level. I mean, it turned me into a bit of a softy. I mean, I cry at films I wouldn't have normally cried at and stuff like that. Totally, it does that. It's it's powerful how that, how that happens. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Speaking of movies, actually, you're also known for scoring movies. How do you approach the two different styles of music production? Well... For um, making a song, of course, I will really try to find that chorus and and build a track from from that part, and kind of make the different sections from there that sound like they would be uh, in accordance with the with the chorus. And then, as for scoring films, I really make sure that I have the footage in front of me and uh, we find it's almost like the, the theme of the film has to be the, it's like the chorus of the song. It's of course kind of related, but there's so much um, stuff in between uh, theme songs or, or um, when there's like a, you know, a, 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 a part of the track where there's like a climax musically, there's a lot of space where, Sometimes there's there's just very minimal minimal amounts of stuff that we 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 want to put, or it could even be just one one droning note, you know. So it's like it's definitely very different. Um, I I definitely go about it by having the the footage in front of me, though always. You know, at this stage, I suppose I love diving into my guests' history when it comes to music to give the listeners a sense of where they come from. So. It might be a tricky one, but can you remember your earliest musical memory? My earliest musical memory was me, and she had a huge impact on me. Was listening to Enya. That that's my that was the first one for me, and I I became, and that that might be the reason why I, th- I think that's the reason why I'm even in my black metal. I like the more melodic stuff with with the. Um, kind of the mystical sound to it. And yeah, it was definitely huge for me. I like it. I like it. Bit un unexpected, but I definitely like it. And you know, can you pinpoint the exact moment that kind of sparked a desire to become a musician? I would say the first moment that really did that for me was when I was like thirteen years old and I was listening to Rammstein and uh System of a Down all the time. And uh I was like you know, I, I I enjoyed listening to music and stuff, but when I when I started getting into Rammstein, System of a Down, and then then I started getting into like Cradle of Filth and stuff like that, I was like, all right, I'm gonna pick up a guitar and really do this now, and and go back to what I used to do when I was a kid, where I would would play for a company and stuff like that. Uh, I, I really took it very seriously and started with my first riff, which was uh, the intro for Crazy Train. And um, after that, I, 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 I really like 
I just went for it. Um, and then three years later, I wound up doing a, uh, an album with, um, Jack Douglas who's known for, of course, like uh, cheap trick and the Beatles. And then, uh, shortly after that, we, uh, took everything that we had kind of, um, arranged and and we went to sweden when i was like 17 and wound up doing the album with frederick nordstrom who's done stuff with like in flames and demon boy here and stuff and something that intrigues me is growing up in such a prestigious showbiz family was there a lot of pressure put on you to enter show business i think um there wasn't much pressure because it it's it's interesting how it just it naturally occurs for anybody that's related to me uh, in this family. We we have this just genetic programming where we're all artistic and we all have a uh, insatiable desire for uh, achieving catharsis and and uh, satisfaction with our own creative expression. To where it just it, it happens by itself. It's wild i mean there's even people that um i i have to make sure i asked the the person who told me this exactly but apparently there's like some coppolas that are not they can't even speak very good english like they're they're in italy but they're all also artists <laughs> they're just they're all of them wow any chance you can bottle that and like share it around with the rest of us? <laughs> As well, something that intrigued me, having more access to connections than say people might when they're usually starting off music. What has your experience been getting your music out there, getting your name out there? Obviously, it's not as hard as say someone starting off from the very bottom. Well, what happens, I think, with, with with music in no matter how many like contacts we have, or or even if we have no no contacts or even no idea how we're gonna how we're gonna get a project off the off the ground, um, it's so important to have those first shows where you are playing the small venues and really like getting a a, a name for your project. And then uh, from there, getting the the larger venues and and making connections this way and getting that fan base, even if the fan base is small, I think it, that those first and those initial shows and concerts are so important because it's uh, it's it's making your your project real. Um, and then uh, as time goes on, uh, really starting to, to ask the right people for manager and stuff like that and 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 getting a, a proper crew together but um yeah it uh you know i it it occurred to me when i was like uh i think it was yeah 2020 i was like you know i i, I never really had a music manager that i was you know that i thought was um truly compatible and 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 just had the right idea so i i finally was like who who could direct me to to a proper music manager and then i thought you know i grew up luckily with with rob zombie being a friend of my family and my father and i and i asked him who's the best manager you think in the world could you 
did you send me someone that or or um recommend someone for me and then he he told me that blasco would be a, a great fit for me and um he sent me his contacts we set up a meeting and i mean i i, I literally met like a, a miracle of a man the you know blasco is just impeccable and that that was a huge game changer uh you know musically for me and and it brought me to another level and i got signs to pavement and stuff so it's having the right manager is really important i mean um someone that can focus on that because with with the with music you know it's it's i, I know some people who are kind of like they they have a band but then they're also being i had a, a bandmate that was like this where he he also is really good at the business side and it's great to be good at the business side but when you're when you're writing an album and stuff like that you, you want definitely someone to focus on that like a manager while you focus on the creative aspect completely very true very true and you know it's called concerts that made us so i have to ask you as a concert goer what concerts would you say have made you well i would say um even though i'm not doing this kind of music anymore i i saw septic flesh play live with cradle of filth and satiricon and uh their their the live performance they did with their the uh the the backing track they were playing to was was all orchestral and i was like wow it's amazing this whole band is playing to that so that really affected me um also just the perfection of uh you know evanescence just the that vocalist is uh she's just so perfect that everything she does you know there's not not even a fraction where she's off um so that's huge and then uh uh of course i'll never forget when i was little i saw gypsy kings live and um that was just remarkable i was uh on my uncle's shoulders uh my uncle's like seven foot one too so i was i was like really high up and <laughs> watching watching gypsy kings which is epic yeah i'd say so and the moment we're all waiting for i'm looking forward to hearing about this now for any listeners that haven't caught one of your shows what could they expect one thing about my uh live performances that are pretty awesome is that if if they know the track for some reason this happens it's kind of annoying for me too because it's like oh i wish i would have recorded it this way but somehow my live performances out outdo my recordings like uh i for some reason i just something happens where i've rehearsed the song a lot and i start doing a little extra stuff there that might you know make people be like whoa why didn't you record that but so definitely more energetic performances and uh also i'm very spiritual so um i i do my best to uh say things between songs that someone could take home with them and keep for the rest of their life um as i i, I try to say some proverbial and powerful things that that can really empower an individual to know i really like that now i always like, even if it's not that, but I always feel like I love concerts more when there's some sort of audience interaction in between the songs, you know. And if you think of all the gigs you've played over time, is there one that sticks out in your head as maybe the most perfect experience you've had? Well, I'd love to have you at 
multiple concerts. We'll definitely arrange that. Um, my the best gig I ever played was definitely um, uh, it was in the uh, Palms Casino, um, the Palms in, in Vegas Casino, and I played in the Pearl Room, um, and that was when uh, I had the project West Cage with me. And uh, we had won an award as the best new artist. Um, that was just really potent. Um, it was a two two track performance we did. We did uh, a song called "Where I'm From" from the Prehistoric Technology album, which is a very kind of like uh, gothic kind of melodic Nine Inch Nails sounding track. And then we whipped straight into a very heavy track, and uh, it just blew the audience away. And we wound up winning that award. Wow. It's fairly cool. Not to get too negative now, but to flip it around. If you think of all the gigs, is there one where things maybe went wrong and it's the worst experience and how did you overcome it? I did a, there were two shows back when I was doing the more black metal stuff. Uh, one was just the, the setup they had uh, sound wise was a, a little half-assed and, and you know it, it wasn't very advanced the the vocals just could not reach a volume to where you could hear them no matter what and i had to do the entire set um with twice as much aggression and lung power and i i felt like i had damaged my throat for the rest of my life uh, after that um luckily no 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 injury but it was just obnoxious to know that they could not hear me uh very much and that i needed to be more of a showman but also the first show i've ever done um with eyes of noctum uh, as a full band technically second show um uh, but uh i went on stage and uh we had this huge intro where you know we play the intro and we, we'd walk out on stage to this kind of dramatic epic classical composition and everyone's all excited seeing us you know raise our the the horns up to everyone like this and then the the we whip into the the song and literally i could not find my microphone it just no one put it out there and uh i wound up having to just uh windmill the to the entire track with my hair <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it was embarrassing because yeah, of all of all shows, you know, my dad was there, Rob Zombie was there. I mean, it was a, it was a, you know, everyone was there, and um, yeah. So they 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 hid it. The some guy hid the the microphone by the monitor, uh, like there's something I don't I've never heard of that before. My God, you know, it's typical though. It would be the show when everyone is there to see you that it would happen though. It's just one of those things. And when it comes to showtime, your pre-show and post-show ritual, how do you psych yourself up? And then afterwards, how do you wind down? Well, the um, some of the intros that I create um, that, you know, the audience hears before we play, that really psychs me up because it's almost like my soundtrack that's also getting me ready as, as well as getting the audience ready. Um, and then... Um, so that's huge. It's kind of like my my portal into the session uh, or or um, concert rather. And then as for uh, winding down, I, I really have to 
take a second to myself after talking with everyone and doing photos or signing autographs and stuff, or, you know, I, I try my best to like back in the day it was alcohol, but I, I'm sober now. So I don't do that. So it'd probably be like a, probably have a tea or something like that and just, you know, wind down as much as possible. Getcha. I getcha. And you know, when you're out on tour playing gigs these days compared to the old days, what kind of antics do you get up to? Well, I think that if I were to compare myself to what I was before, like like Arcane, that that uh that entity that I would become with the black metal stuff, um, I think that I think I'm still very similar to that individual. It's just the um the music itself that's that's changed. Um but antics wise, I'm I'm still doing the, um, you know, the high energy uh, and kind of like godly um, gestures and stuff like that. The try to get people awakened and stuff because that's, you know, the only reason why I I am an artist, like because I want to raise the consciousness of the world and and try to see if I can lead people the, the right way. Gotcha. I gotcha. And you know, when it comes to your personal life, your family, how do you balance the demands of being an artist, an actor with having a family? I do my best to really make sure that the, uh, that all the holidays and important, uh, days are all celebrated and kind of used as like markers of, of where we're at. Um, I'm, uh, also, a um, pagan, you know, I practice paganism and, uh, it, it keeps me centered because I, I'm able to to know what season I'm in and uh, each three months um, section of the of the year. Uh, and then of course I I do my best to just make sure that my interactions with my children are um, really meaningful. I, I try to give my sons um, the words of wisdom that that made me become who I am. Um, like I just recently, we saw my, uh, my fiance and I had dinner with my, my two boys that came in from East coast and, um, I started showing them about runes and how to, how to read runes and, uh, what they mean and stuff. And, um, my son Lucian's such a magical boy. He, uh, he had his own opinions on what the runes meant and, and stuff when we'd read them because he he's already connected to that i think so it was pretty epic yeah that is pretty cool pretty cool i have to say i'm intrigued by by that kind of thing what got you into paganism well i think that the, the thing that got me into it is um definitely my, my connection with nature and um also my interests my my grandfather was very uh he he even said his his that he was pagan pretty much always and my father also has a close connection to it um so i think that the uh family encouragement plus uh my my being gravitating towards the nature definitely had a huge impact and um i kind of uh the paganism I'm into too is kind of like a universal paganism to where I've taken um, pretty much every single 
uh, pantheon from every culture and kind of uh, started to to celebrate that. So I'm in the the Norse paganism, Celtic paganism, um, Semitic, Egyptian, uh, Greek, Roman, all of it. Oh, kind of a mix of them all to suit yourself. I like it. I like it. And, you know, before we dive into the last couple of questions, future plans that are set in stone, can we expect an album soon? New music, new gigs? Absolutely. I, I'm uh, really trying to, you know, I, I, I think The Wolf has done great. And I, I think it's time for for an album to come out because it's been eight years. Um and there, there, there is an album that I did, you know, after prehistoric technology that has not been released. It's, I did it with Ryan Green, who's known for working with uh, Green Day and uh, Megadeth and uh, Benedictum. Uh, who else? Uh, he's also worked with them. Um, I believe he did some work with Jay Z some way. But uh, so there is a huge album, and it's just it's it's timeless and it's kind of a sacred album. Um, it was so difficult that, uh, so difficult to make. I played every instrument on it and it, it's the album that sprouted my great hair, my gray hair. It caused that to come out because <laughs> it was so intense. I mean, I was doing drums, guitars, bass, vocals, um, keyboards. And then when I would come home and I should have went to sleep, I was doing the, um, industrial, and soundscape uh, synth work and then I'd bring that to work the next day after I didn't sleep on a hard drive and then go back and repeat it over and over again um, and I you know <laughs> just not eating that much but great album uh, so that plus some other things that I have made in between I think that we could take the wolf and at least five tracks from that plus four more tracks from this and have a nice 10 to 12 track album that could be released. That'd be pretty epic. And, you know, I'm sure lots of people are dying to know in the past you've collaborated with your your father. Can we expect a more more collaborations in, in the future? Maybe some poetry, spoken word. It's interesting you mentioned that. It's, uh, it's literally my dad and I have been talking about spoken word uh, poetry track where uh, I would play piano or something and then he would uh, you know, recite his poetry in a, in a musical way. Um, we've been thinking about that since, uh, 2015, uh, 14, when, you know, I went out to visit him and, uh, play piano. Um, so I think it'd be, uh, pretty epic to do. And I, I, I want to make sure that we do, we do that. I, I just spoke to him last month about it. We'll, uh, we'll all be looking forward to it. So, and, We'll dive into the last couple of questions. So these are a couple of fun, random music questions, but I'm intrigued to see your answers. So if you could see any band or musician from history and concert for one night only, who would it be? Just because of his intensity and aggression and his depth would be Beethoven. I, I would love to see that because I know that he had so much, uh, such a hard life and he really hit those keys hard <laughs> i love this nice nice kind of thinking outside the box as well i wouldn't have expected it. and the uh the next one now this is a weird one if you had to spend 24 hours locked inside a room with any musician from history who would it be that's awesome um any musician from history 
I think it would have to be, um, even though he's uh, still with us, I think it would be Ozzy. Because uh, I just, something about his energy, I really understand. And I would love to create guitar riffs that can go with his amazing voice. That'd be pretty cool. I'd imagine he's a, when you get Malone as well in the room, he'd be a pretty cool guy. Like the stories he'd have and everything when he's just chilling out, you know, it'd be a pretty good time, I'd imagine. Absolutely. And the final one. Now, I've been told this is near impossible, but what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life? Well, that's powerful. Probably, uh, probably Enya's Caribbean Blue. I think um, that that track has like a kind of has my s. It's like I feel like my essence is reflected in that for some reason. Perfect choice. I absolutely love that track. Brilliant, brilliant. Listen, Wes, thanks a million. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you now. Been such an honor. Thank you so much.
guys. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rocking. Hey, hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show's over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.